And we are back with another episode of the Mind Bottom Musings podcast, this time with Miss Christian Sinclair. She is a spiritual author and teacher who has worked with hundreds of clients, assisting them in creating dynamic shifts in their consciousness, lives, health, relationships, and careers. With an honesty and commitment to the deepest truth, she has developed a modern voice with an ancient foundation that allows for profound insights and results to inspire. Christian has spent her life in the spiritual field, surrounded by new thought leaders and spiritual New York Times bestselling authors such as Doreen Virtue, Don Miguel Ruiz, Donna Eden, and Dee Wallace, as well as many others. Christian's work has been featured in the Huffington Post, YFS, Revamped Magazine, and Elite Daily. She is the author of the Ultimate Manifestation and Abundance book called The Sacred Laws of Prosperity and Providence, and is also the creator of the life-changing spiritual archetypes guidebooks. Love, love, love those guidebooks. You have to do it. Do it. Either pause this and go do her spiritual archetypes guidebook quiz or do it afterwards, but they're great. I took I took her quiz and got the magician and everything she listed about the magician was so spot on for me. I love archetypes. It was great. So I have been stoked to release this episode with Christian. I recorded it with her probably a month and a half ago now, but it is finally here. Time to be released. We talk about spiritual bullying, conscious dating, and spiritual archetypes. So I think you're going to love this episode and also fall in love with Christian. She has just a really special way about her. I know I say that a lot about a lot of the guests, but she is very much different. If you sign up for her email list, you will get some of the realest down-to-earth emails that you'll ever get they're just very helpful insightful and every time I read her stuff I walk away feeling refreshed and revived in a deeper connection to both myself and my uh, my relationship with God and and the universe and it's just she's great at writing speaking everything and she walks her talk which is even better so before we head on over here is the review of the week and this comes from uh, Muffet's with five stars, very insightful and captivating. If you're into self-growth and how to live authentically you, then this is the podcast for you. It has been very life-changing for me. Maddie does an amazing job at teaching self-acceptance, but also encourages each person to truly go grow into who they are authentically meant to become. Thank you so much, Miss A. Moffitt. I really appreciate that means the world to me. If you haven't left a review on the show and you listen every single week, that is a wonderful way to support the podcast. I would so appreciate that if you would go over to iTunes, click ratings and reviews, and then write your own review and let me know what you think about the show and also get it shared on this podcast if it's nice and friendly. If it's if it's not very nice, then I don't know if I'll be sharing it. But if it's nice and you love this podcast, it would mean the world to me because that helps my show get up there in the rankings in iTunes. It's basically the currency of iTunes and it's a wonderful free way to say, hey, I like what you're doing and I want other people to hear it too. Two more announcements. The sponsor for today's show is for Sigmatic. And you can use a coupon code MADDIE, M-A-D-D-Y, to get 10% off of any products that you order. For Sigmatic is my favorite drink mix company brand, anything like that, because they have such a great variety, but also so many medicinal properties to every single one of their products. Whether it's better energy, it's getting rid of the brain fog, mental clarity, stamina, just all around. Taro Isocopula was on the podcast uh, 
many moons ago, probably two years ago. And I had him on to talk about his company for Sigmatic. So if you want to listen to that, you can surely listen to the episode that I did with Taro quite a while ago if you want to learn more about Four Sigmatic before buying your own products. But if you do, I highly recommend you get the hot cacao mix because it's my favorite as well as the Viking mix. So good. So delicious. Just check it out by clicking the link in the show notes. And last but not least, if you are one of the millions of people out there that has a wonder-lusting soul and also a soul and a spirit that wants to give back and you want to hang out with me and meet some awesome people from around the world, I invite you to come to Mexico City with me. It's going to be such an incredible experience. We're going to spend two days refurbishing a school, playing with kids, playing games, doing things like painting, murals, gardening, just really beautiful work with people who would really benefit from a little additional help. And then after that, we'll go into the jungle where we will spend time at a Mayan temple and do meditation and yoga and workshopping. This is going to be August 3rd to the 8th. And once you put down your deposit, everything is taken care of for you from transportation, from the airport to getting back home to where you stay, how you eat, all that stuff is taken care of for you. So if you're looking for a way to branch out, if you're looking for a way to just gain more memories and you're willing to invest some time, maybe get off work, maybe put some money into this, then I highly invite you to do this. I really challenge you to get out of your comfy zone because I know for a lot of people this sounds cool, but it's easy to be like, well, not for me, maybe another year, but this can be the year. This can be the year you take a fantastic trip. You get out of the country if you're not living in Mexico City. And if you do live in Mexico City, join us. Send me any of your questions. I will also include a link in the show notes to this episode with a video to the Mexico City trip so you can watch what it's like and you can actually see a video, a recap of what the Mexico City journey trip looks like. And if you want also additional information, go back into the archives a couple episodes to Taylor Conroy, probably two episodes ago. Yeah, Taylor Conroy. And we talk all about journey and I think you're going to love it. So I would love to see you there. I would love to have you there. Please let me know if you have any questions at all. If we want to hop on a call, I am more than happy to do that with you to answer anything you may be wondering. And now I think it's time we head on over. See you there. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon. And we are back here on the Mind Body Musings podcast. I am here with Miss Christian Sinclair, who, if you've been following me on 
Instagram, you know that I did this long story about this really special gift I was sent of the moon phases in stained glass, and it was absolutely gorgeous. And on top of that, I also have been sharing this really cool spiritual archetype quiz that I took and have been learning so much from. And today we are being graced with the presence of both the sender of that very special gift and the creator of the spiritual archetype quizzes. So Christian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. That was such a lovely introduction. I'm so honored. Thank you. I am honored. I'm I'm just so excited. Like I've been on your your newsletter now and everything you write is with so much intention and it feels very pure and authentic and from your heart and Today, I feel like with coaches, you know, being a coach who is totally absorbing all the other words and blogs and interviews from other coaches, that is not, I wouldn't say the word rare, but it's not super common to be reading and absorbing information from someone's, straight from someone's heart and like them really, really exemplifying their core beliefs and values. And I get that from you big time. So I just want to say thank you for staying so true and in integrity with your your mission in, in life with your business thank you so much that's that's a really really big compliment and that's something I I, I don't know it's something I, I committed to myself about two years ago that was going to be the foundation of my business because when I got onto the online business world it was not honestly I thought nobody wants anything this deep, nobody wants anything this serious. Like I, I really didn't feel like I fit in and I, I kind of started dumbing it down and then nobody liked it. And right before I did those spiritual archetype, um, the guidebooks, I just sat down and I said, you know what, God, I want to do your work. And that's all I care about. It's an audience of one. I don't care if I get likes on Facebook, if I get likes on Instagram, I don't care if anybody follows me. I'm just going to be happy if I'm doing your work and my business, my life and everything has changed since then. And that's how I write everything. I sit down and I pray beforehand and I make that commitment that it's not about what attention I get from it. It's, it's whatever God wants me to say. And then God will bring the people to me that are meant to see it or hear it. Mm, so meant to be. I love this so much. Before we dive into some questions that I have for you, can you give my listeners some insight into your background, your story, and how you got to where you are today? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, so my, my mom actually ran one of the biggest spiritual conferences in the United States for about 20 years. So that's how I grew up in spirituality and how I grew up knowing all the people that I have known. Um, so I grew up with a lot of different modalities. My dad is a, uh, a Course in Miracles teacher. So I grew up with that. Um, I grew up with a lot of different foundations and a lot of different modalities. And it really gave me the opportunity to see what worked for me and what didn't. But I also saw a lot of things in spirituality that I didn't really like. There was a lot of um, spiritual bullying. There was a lot of behind the scenes 
um, I call it the spiritual blame game. <laughs> it's like when, uh, when something bad happens to us, we start looking for like, is it a cord I didn't cut? Is it a past life I, did, I haven't healed? Is it like we try to find reasons how to blame ourselves? And there was a lot of ego stuff that I saw in spirituality growing up in it that kind of became normal. It became normal to like blame ourselves for everything that was happening to us spiritually and um, not really taking responsibility for things that were happening too. Like we kind of brushed it off like, oh, I was being terrible because there was a retrograde, you know, like it was, <laughs> and in some ways it's kind of a joke, but um, I just felt like there was something deeper. And personally, I went through, I, I honestly would say um, 25 years of struggle and depression and misery and drinking and, and being as self-destructive as I possibly could. Like it was like a goal. And um, really every modality I, I tried, everything I did, everything I studied, it just nothing kind of seemed to stick. It, it kind of felt like I was taking cough syrup, but not getting rid of the cold, if that makes sense. Like I was treating symptoms, but not actually getting to the root. And then when I started teaching and I started working with clients, I kept getting people who were saying the same thing. Um, like my, the number one phrase I hear from clients is I've done everything and I'm still struggling with X, Y, Z. And that had, was how I felt my whole life. So I really got into the archetypes and a lot of common threads in spirituality that weren't being addressed and started focusing on spiritual mastery. So that's what I teach. And that's what I work with clients on is not focusing so much on buying into on blocking this and, and, you know, these momentary fixes, but really getting to the root of why is this happening in your life and how can we fix that from the root? so that it's not something that ever comes back. It's, it's, it's a, it's not really a modality, so to speak, which there's nothing wrong with. I, I like, I love energy work. I love that stuff. It's great, but it's actually realizing who we are as divine royalty and who we are as souls and actually stepping into those roles, which then trickles into every other aspect of our lives. If that makes sense. Can you give us an example of, a story of a client or maybe even yourself where you thought it was one particular thing, AKA it could be a past life or a limiting belief you're mm -hmm. holding. And it wasn't really that it was something that was much deeper. Like you said, a root and explained to us what that root was and what that looked like moving forward, keeping that in mind, what the, what the core issue really was. Yeah. I mean, honestly, one thing that comes up a lot is, um, chakras. I have a lot of people who they'll think that their life is a shambles because their chakras are unaligned. And then when we get into the work, I'll ask them something like, some people say God, some people say spirit. I have a lot of people who don't like the word God, so I say both. But, you know, I'll ask, what do you think God or spirit thinks of you? And they'll tell me, well, you know, they're very judgmental towards me. They, they want me to please them. They 
I'm not good enough. And so we get to this, it, chakras are just a, a symptom. It's a symptom to a problem. It's, it's a belief system that we have that the ancients came up with because it was a way to get closer to spirit. It's a way that they, I mean, astrology, chakras, everything was created as a way to kind of be a key to strengthening that connection. But as with most things, that's kind of been watered down over time. And it's kind of been like, well, I'm just going to get into alignment and life's going to be great. And it's like, if you think God hates you, if you think spirit, the creator of all things, whatever you believe, Mother Earth, spirit, God, whoever, if you think it hates you and is judging you, it doesn't matter what is in alignment. Things are never going to work out for you if you're feeling like the creator of all things doesn't even like you. Mm. And that comes up a lot. It's, it's, um, we really don't have a connection with spirit. We really don't. Our connection with God or spirit is mostly based off society, religion, or what we've been taught by parents or guardians. We don't really have an understanding of our rights as souls and what we are privileged to as being part of spirit. I mean, that's massive and we don't even really tap into it. Yeah. Wow. That's so, so incredibly insightful. And on the point of, on the point of religion, I am very curious to hear your thoughts on this being raised with very spiritual parents and you were, I'm just, I'm so interested in how people are created and formed later in life based on their upbringings. And so here you are mm-hmm. being raised with a dad who's teaching a course in miracles. And you said your mother was the curator of what was it? She ran the conference that a lot of actually like most of today's bestsellers got their start at back in the nineties. Wow. That's incredible. Okay. So you have this very open, beautiful upbringing where you're being introduced to all these different spiritual insights, connections. I was raised very, uh, very conservative, religious with Christianity. When, mm-hmm. as for you personally growing up and then you're starting to get introduced to these other, I guess you could say sex or other ways to God. What was that like for you to be mm-hmm. able to take in these different religions and learn about them and understand them, but not become attached to one single thing and still focus on the biggest picture, which is God and love. Does that make sense? Yeah, I totally didn't do that at all. (laughs) I, I ended up um, getting to a point in my life where I felt like God hated me and that I was cursed. And yeah, so so no, it was not like, I, I totally was not like that at all. (laughs) Um, I, my family outside of my immediate family uh, are very strict Catholic. And um, we have a tendency to make our partners and our parents or guardians, especially, they have a really big impact on who we make our God. So like if you have a, a really intense Bible thumping parent who treats you a certain way, that's kind of how we end up feeling God feels about us. So I grew up, I also went to Catholic school. Um, so I, I didn't really, I had the spiritual side, but I also had 
a huge inferiority complex um, and absolute self-loathing. And I didn't understand as a kid how that affected how my reality looked. So I've always been a very stubborn and persistent go-getter. So I always had that externally thinking, oh, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to, you know, create everything I want in my life. But in the back of my mind, it was like, you are so worthless. And I didn't really understand that. So as I was trying really hard in my life to make things happen and trauma and horrific experiences kept happening, I really got to the point where I was like, God absolutely hates me. That is the only explanation that there's no other way. Like I'm cursed. And because I also grew up in that new age industry, it was very much like you did something in a past life. Um, you, you know, somehow how you've done this to yourself, you're attached to a matrix. Like there was all sorts of these things that I started as a kid going to healers and being told like, this is your problem. And for 20 years, basically going to healers and hearing how it was my fault and which just made me feel even more worthless and inferior. And then really realizing it had nothing to do with that at all. It was that I, I really thought God hated me and then had to start working on, I don't love myself. So I have to look at how much God loves me because that's the only way I could learn how to love myself in an authentic way. And once I built that relationship, that's my whole life changed. I mean, it is, I, I don't even remember the person I used to be. It's so different, but it's, it, it is a completely different life now and a completely different mentality and a completely different understanding. And that's how I work with people on that same stuff because we, we damn ourselves thinking that there's something wrong with us when it has nothing to do with us at all. It's just that we don't realize how divine and special and the reflection that we are of spirit. I relate to you so much hearing this. Like I, I, I wouldn't say that I quite felt that God didn't love me or that I was worthless. And I know a lot, I have a lot of people in my life that come to me and share that same exact kind of sentiment. And, um, mm -hmm. I personally, for me, I felt like it was a, a very much of an if then scenario. Like if I do this, then God loves me. So there was like conditions mm -hmm. there. And I would honestly, I would say that it was in 2016, just last year where I truly started to have this mind opening experience where I was like, God is love. And it was so, so <laughs> simple, but I was just, it was so profound and so new to me. And I was really just like, I was in Bali. It was of course in Bali where I had these experiences, <laughs> but I was just sitting like doing yoga and I was just like feeling so connected to all the people around me. Such a simple act. I, would, I remember just sitting there and like all these strangers, all these people I don't know, kind of up in my space because it's a small, small, well, it was actually a pretty big space, but it was very crowded and like I welcomed it and I was just like, 
all you bodies, you're like, you're me. Like all these weird, like woo woo things. But I was just getting so into it. I was just like, we are each other. Like God is love. Like all these simple, simple, like simple thoughts coming in. And then it like sunk in though. I was just thinking to myself like, yes, like this is, this is what God is about. He is about connection and love and always being there for me, always loving. I could mess up a million times and he's just still got my back and everything happens for a reason. I'm protected. I am held. I am safe. And mm-hmm. it was a very new way of thinking. And I am not bashing or putting down the way I was raised at all. My parents loved me deeply and they just wanted to protect me and teach me what rings so true to them. I totally get that. But I am very grateful for me taking my spirituality in my own hands and saying, okay, it's, it's something here. Something was internalized incorrectly growing up. I don't want to walk around my entire life thinking that I have to do this in order to get this kind of love from God. And like, he will not love me if I'm dating the wrong type of person or hanging out with the wrong type of people or, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Like if I have, if I'm being surrounded by people who don't have the same exact beliefs of me like I won't be on the right and righteous path like I I just wanted to release those thoughts and love people for people Mm -hmm. and be with people similar to how Jesus was like that's exactly what he did (laughs) it's just so funny as humans we like are like well that's not really what we're supposed to do we're supposed to live our lives in black and white and have all these boundaries and rules (sighs) so it's such a release and a relief to be able to just truly break down those beliefs that you have about the divine that are holding you back and keeping you small and keeping you anxious and depressed. Like, let's just get real. Like that stuff Mm -hmm. keeps you down on the ground and feeling worthless. So such beautiful insight. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's really unfortunate. You know, we just don't, we're kind of just taught that God is this SOB that really doesn't like us and wants, like expects all this stuff from us. And it's, but at the same time, like what I explain is that it's, it's really impossible. If God is love, then why, why or how could it be sitting up there choosing to curse this person or curse that person or, you know, it's, it's, it really doesn't make sense, but it's like, and, and to be honest, when I, when I was in that space of God hates me, it felt real. I mean, it felt like that is the only explanation. But when I came out of that, it was like, what kind of narcissist am I to think that out of all the people in the world, God has just like, I'm going to damn this girl. You know, it just, it's completely self-indulgent, but at the time it really felt, you know, I was really in my victim mode and, and to some degree that felt comfortable at the time. But when I stepped out of that, it was like, that that's, doesn't even make sense that it's, it's really silly when you think about it. How could the creator of the universe that gives birth and life and love and peace and harmony and joy actually be this really sadistic entity cursing and and dealing out bad fortune to just random people. It just doesn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what keeps us trying to grapple for control. I remember when I was like going through a lot of growth with, um, 
my own eating disorder past. And when I finally, when I was finally having real breakthroughs, I remember one of the things that got me through it was that God created me exactly how I am with my body, my, my belly, my mindset, everything he created to a T like purposely on purpose. Like he wanted it to be this way. And that mm-hmm. was, which is the polar opposite of what you were experiencing is exactly what was the key for me to finally come to terms with this beautiful body I was given is by saying, no, it's not that God accidentally fluked on my body. It's that God did everything perfectly. And here I am being like, God, you didn't do a good enough job or you hate me. Like, let me figure <laughs> it out myself. And when I finally flipped mm-hmm. that on its head and said, God did this on purpose, he did this perfectly. He had a an image in mind for me. And that's what came to be like, I'm going to accept that, love that, and then use this body to do cool things. And that was really what was the catalyst for me finally taking ownership of this and moving on from these issues. Now, what I want to ask you about, um, I want to get to, I want to get to conscious dating. Cause I think that's really cool. But first, can we touch on or dive into spiritual bullying? What is spiritual bullying? How have you experienced this in your own life? So spiritual bullying is when somebody attacks or bullies another person or a group in the name of being a light worker or enlightened or whatever, you know, conscious, whatever terms they use. Um, So a couple, there's a couple examples. Um, course I won't name names (laughs) but this is something that I've seen since the early 90s from you know at my mom's conferences and stuff and it's a behind the scenes thing that because of social media has become very mainstream now it's something that used to kind of be you know you would gossip about another speaker or another teacher or something and it would kind of get out but because of social media it's something that has become very, very widespread. So um, one example is like a somebody that I had known was getting some work done by somebody and it resembled somebody else's work, uh, some other spiritual professional. And so she took to social media and attacked this person and they didn't even know each other. They didn't know each other at all and she took it to think that she had stolen her work and had all these her followers attacking this person and sending emails and they start spreading lies about this person on social media and really affected this person's work and um, there was another instance like there was a, a big event that was happening and it didn't go as well as it was supposed to it was supposed to be a spiritual event and it didn't go very well so all the speakers attacked the coordinator online and hacked into their accounts and um just i mean vicious live videos but the things that they say are we're light workers and we just don't take this kind of stuff and this is karma this is just karma coming back to them So it's a way that people bully and attack, and it doesn't even have to be other professionals. It can just be somebody else in the spiritual industry, but, um, or in the spiritual field, but it's a way of attacking them and having this, um, well, I'm high vibe only. So 
I, I'm not gonna, I'm, you know, I, I don't allow your kind of behavior, or your kind of consciousness in my space. And it's, it's a way of belittling somebody and attacking somebody and making yourself like a holier than thou person. And then all the followers jump on the bandwagon and attack this person until, you know, basically until they see fit. Wow. I had never even, I see, I, I'm so new to hearing about this when I'm, I'm thinking about my own experiences and I don't feel like I've ever, I've ever had this done towards me, but again, I'm not like a spiritual healer or light worker, but I absolutely can see how this is a thing and it hurts. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just saying, cause I, I have uh, something different, but kind of similar that I'll share that I have noticed recently. And it's, I love that we're having this conversation now because I had to majorly vent about this about three days ago. Um, what, and give me your thoughts on this as well, but like I have noticed a pattern of people in this realm using their spirituality, spiritual alignment to get out of a commitment. And that's been something that has affected me in my business and my life where I've had, let's say podcast commitments. And then right mm -hmm. before I, I, I've been canceled on before and I've canceled people's interviews before too, or I've canceled me being interviewed on someone the day of that is not fun. I would hate to do that, but sometimes life happens, right? But whenever I reach out mm -hmm. to someone and I say, Hey, I have to cancel this interview or someone does it to me. What I love is when they give me the real reason, like, Hey, I am on my period and I'm really tired, lethargic <laughs> and I need to rest. And I'm like, you go girl. Like, thank you for being honest. <laughs> Or like, this just doesn't feel like the best, even if it's blunt and kind of harsh saying like, this doesn't feel like the best use of my time right now. I'm really sporadic and spread out. Okay. I get it. Like totally. I've been there. I've done that. But when people say like, this doesn't feel spiritually aligned, I'm like, what? Like this doesn't feel spiritually <laughs> aligned. Or I have had an instance where this really tickled my pickle. There was a time when I was putting on a retreat and someone was going to lead a um, workshop and the night before, and like a retreat, it was a big deal. It was my first one. I had been building it up for five months. I had been working so hard and I'd handpicked someone to do a workshop. And the night before, I'm not even kidding, 9 p.m., she said she texted me and said her tummy hurt and she wasn't coming in the next day. Oh, wow. And... And it, in the way she, she dressed up this excuse was with like, I need to like be in my feminine embodiment and just give myself some pleasure and some ease. And, and that just tomorrow, that just doesn't fit into my schedule. I bald. <laughs> I went into this fit of like, I, I had no, she didn't help me like find a substitute. She just disappeared for the rest of the night. And I was like panicking. I like was caring. I cared so much about this retreat. And I was just like, called my mom. I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like to me, I've noticed this pattern of people getting out of commitments. Cause I get it if you're like puking and like throwing up and like, that's an emergency. But if it's just like a tummy ache, like to me, my mindset is like, Hey, Either like you come in, you pull through for like two hours or you help me to find a substitute pronto. Like you, you know, for an hour, just help me search for someone that's last minute. Like you're, you're, you were committed. So now you're committed to helping me. Like that's, those are, my, I get that that's not everyone's moral, but that is definitely my thing. And that's very important to me in my life and my business is to make a commitment. And if I have to back out for any reason, help support the person no matter what. But 
I've noticed this pattern of using spiritual alignment, like this doesn't feel aligned or like I just need to shake up my Shakti right now. Like I can't come and do this thing that I told you I would do because like my, you know, like the chakra is not clear, like using these as excuses and it's Mm -hmm. ah, drives me crazy because like I would respect it so much more if you were just like, I'm freaking out. I'm nervous to do this thing and I don't know if I can pull through or I like am going through a fight with my boyfriend. Like, give me the real raw reason why you are backing out here. Like, that's what I want to hear. And that I mm-hmm. will respect so much more than just saying like, oh, there's just some divine reason that I don't know what it is. And I'm just going to blame it on that for why I can't do this thing. And it sounds kind of related to the bullying thing in, in some certain ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I have a few opinions on that. I mean, well, one, when I started my business online and I, like I was saying, it wasn't going the direction I wanted to go. I kept feeling like there were things like maybe I'm going to start a podcast. That would be really awesome. And I would start to get that together and I would like line up some guests and then everything would go wrong. And so I would end up canceling that, which I'm sure made me look like a flake because I had all this stuff lined up. But for me, it was like, this just isn't, meant to be happening so I have to you know um but that was not me letting somebody else be high and dry so I understand I don't believe in leaving somebody else high and dry um I do believe obviously that we have our own stuff that comes up and I also have children and I put my children number one on my business I don't have a babysitter I don't have anything so for me if my kids are sick I have to cancel (laughs) but I would be honest about that about um Mm, you know, I have to because of this, but in spirituality, um, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier is that there's a lot of things that are just brushed off because it's spirituality. And it's like, you're, it's okay if you're having some like past life regression, so you can't come into work. And it's like your spirituality, the, the word spirituality, the definition, and I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but it's basically what brings you closer to spirit doing and practicing things that bring you closer to spirit. So if your spirituality is actually like messing up your life, then that's ego. That's actually not spirituality at all. But there's a lot of things in spirituality that we, that are ego that we kind of don't realize are ego because it's spirituality. Mm -hmm. So it's like how a religious person can be really, really mean and people brush it off because oh well they're just super religious and it's like that doesn't make it okay it doesn't it just you're supposed to be nicer you shouldn't be an evil person because you're spiritual or religious that doesn't make sense but there's a lot of things that we kind of brush off because of that but i also think not in defense necessarily of anyone but in terms of canceling and not giving you an honest response. There's a certain stigma with being spiritual that you're supposed to have it all together. So if I was having a fight with somebody or or having an emotional breakdown or something, you know, it's something in spirituality that's frowned upon to be honest about, Mm -hmm. to say, I'm going to cancel because I'm, you know, whether this person's stomach really hurt or not, I don't know, but you know, maybe she was just feeling inferior and she couldn't do it. But instead of saying that, it's like, like it, there's this feeling of like, how honest can I be in, in public? 
because I'm a spiritual person. And I've seen a lot of people growing up in this industry. Most teachers, the, the number one best-selling teachers that you see all over the TV, they ain't who you think they are. They have a life behind the scenes. They have a different personality. They have their public persona and who they are in private. And because I saw all that stuff behind the scenes, I know that. But even the millionaires you see nowadays in spirituality, they're not honest about that stuff because they're afraid of what their audience will think. If they're honest about their breakdowns, they're honest about what they're struggling with, they think their book sales will drop. <laughs> so there's, so I completely understand that not wanting to be honest about, you know, why people cancel or, or, you know, why they back out of things. Cause it's kind of scary. You, you're condemned a lot for the more honest you are about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed myself particularly, like I, I do the opposite of condemning when someone is like being honest about what they're going through. I start to follow their stuff. I like love them. I fall in love so hardcore with them when they are being real and authentic. And that's one of my personal like business uh, core values is is showing my shadow self or like being honest about times that I'm very fearful or I'm insecure or I'm doing things out of out of ego. Like I want people to understand that and realize that because that is always going to be a thing. And I wish that that was more of a popular, a popular approach, but I get it. Like I get it. Like in business, not everyone is going to look at that and say, I love that. I love that you're sharing that you're going through a divorce right now. Thanks for being honest and open. Some people will be like, Oh, you're going through a divorce and you're talking about relationship coaching. I don't trust you now. You know, and that's, mm -hmm. that's painful and that's, that's hard to release because you do care so much about the work you're doing. And then some people think it's not applicable to share those things. And I get it. And I have no judgment towards anyone who decides to run their buzz business, um, a certain way or release certain personal things out there. I just know personally that for me, when people show the struggles in their life, I become so much more connected to them and I trust them so much more. And I feel that when people finally start to step into that truth and they live with integrity and they share the, the, the amazing parts of their life and also the not so amazing parts of their life, they feel more free. They feel unchained and they feel like less like a prisoner because the truth is out there. The shame will shut up when they speak up. And I think that's such an empowering experience for the speaker, the author, the healer to be able to be their true selves and step up in that way even if the world doesn't absolutely praise it and throw their hands up mm -hmm. and love it, like it is such <laughs> a freeing experience for the speaker to be able to be their true authentic self in that way. Mm -hmm. I do think it is changing. I mean, I do think that again, with social media and the, a lot of the rawness and, openness that can come along with that. I do feel like people are starting to open up to that more and be honest about it, but it's, you know, it, it is hard. It, it is. Um, cause there's also this like business entrepreneur side where it's like everything you post should be congruent with your message and your mission and your image. And, hmm. you know, and it's like, I'll be honest, there's been times where, um, I'll post something and I'm like, 
oh god i just don't know how people are gonna take that like mm-hmm. um i posted something the other day about the uh has anyone ever done any studies between children and sociopaths? <laughs> because it's like, it's, they're kind of very similar, but then I get really nervous and I'm like, um, mm. just, uh, and maybe somebody that sees that doesn't know my personality. They don't know that I'm like horribly sarcastic, even when I shouldn't be. And does that make my other messages less impactful? Um, and I took it down. I'll be honest. I took it down mm-hmm. because I, I get nervous and it's like, I don't, there's also the part of me who feels like I'm here to do God's work. I'm not here to, um, you know, like be famous for me or anything like that. Like, I just want to spread a message. I just want to help people. And I just want to have that purpose. And so I kind of teeter with that. Like how much of me should really be in my business. I know that sounds kind of silly saying it, but like how how much should it be me and how much should it just be the word and what I hear and what I'm told to say. Uh So it's, it can, it's definitely, you know, and I think it's just different for all people. And I think it's something that it changes over time and the more comfortable you get and what, what resonates with you. But I think that it's, it's definitely getting easier for people to share their personalities. It's, it's just always weird when it comes to religion and spirituality, because there's such this, you're supposed to be so perfect. Otherwise, why would I follow you? If you don't have it all together, why would I follow you? Why would I listen to your message? You know, it's, but the things that we teach are the things that we're here to work on ourselves. Right. So, teaching self-mastery that's what I'm here for I don't want to come back like I'm here this is it I'm doing it this time this is the last time and I'm going to master it and that's what I teach and what I teach is based on my experience and it's a journey that I continue myself so I will slip up on the way I will have stuff come up on the way but sharing that is what helps people and helps clients and helps me be a better teacher right so many factors come into this like you can't just say everyone needs to be themselves all the time share their deepest darkest secrets and also stick to their truth because some people they don't feel called to be 100% them their sarcastic selves all the time because they're they're trying to really engage a particular kind of audience that might not get sarcasm so you have to ask yourself Mm -hmm. a lot of questions like what's your mission what do you need right now what does your followers need right now like where are you feeling drawn what are you feeling called to do what is your intuition like all those different things and as i continue down this path of having my own business i get more and more and more clear on what those what that balance looks like for me because i can think of examples of speakers who are fantastic at what they do in their personal lives that's not very applicable to their business. So like when I think of Marie Forleo, she's all about business school and like she doesn't share all of her marriage stuff because it's totally not Mm -hmm. applicable to what she's trying to do with her mission in the world. I respect that and I get that. And then there's like Tony Robbins who is totally there to just like call people out on their bullshit. And like, that's like his main thing. And he'd share sometimes of his personal stories and his past and, 
he doesn't you know he he has that all his own balance down pat and he's very much got his own personality that shines through so you have to just really listen and be gentle to yourself as you discover what's your balance where you're feeling how much you're feeling called to share how much of your personality you want to present and then how much do you want to now bear with me when I say this, but I'm sure you'll understand this, but everyone else, but how much emptiness you want to present because there's a lot of beauty in the emptiness of being just strictly a vessel because then as a coach, you're not bringing all your own stories and all your own stuff with you into the session. You are empty so that your client's stories and emotions and things that need to be released will be held. You'll be holding that space purely for them. And for a lot of people in their business, like they want to be presented as that emptiness so that they're really holding the space to be a vessel for their message. And I think that's also mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. There's no right or way wrong, right or wrong way to do it. Now, switching gears, what's totally different, but what is, um, <laughs> what is conscious dating? And, how do you do that now? Like what's, what's holding us back from conscious dating in this world of this culture of swiping, which I'm sure you're not engaged in, but it is a very I don't know what that is. A swiping culture like Tinder, Bumble, uh, online dating. Oh, oh, online dating. Yeah. Okay. How do you stay in the conscious dating world? What is that? And then, yeah, swiping, all that stuff. So conscious dating is, okay, so... I saw some videos a couple years ago, or I don't, maybe it was a year ago, or I don't know, but it was, um, all these videos started coming out about how, how awful dating is and how we don't have a, we don't even have a chance with dating. Um, just like all this stuff really down on dating. And I, I was like, I thought it was so odd and such a, such a negative way to, to look at something that's so beautiful and obviously that's not a good mindset to be rocking on a date either. So, um, I really started getting into that about, you know, what, what is a, a more conscious way to be doing this thing that is so, it's just kind of become normal to go to a bar and, go home with somebody and have sex with somebody that you don't know. And let's hope he likes me because then he'll call. And it's like, it's, it's very normal. And it's, we're so much more evolved than that. And hearing all this negativity about dating is kind of um, bewildering to me. And being conscious about it is actually taking more responsibility for it instead of a lot of the blaming that ha happens in dating, especially like if there's a breakup or something happens, it's like why they're just a bad person. And, and well, we weren't a good match anyway. And I did everything for that person. And it's, it's a very, it's like dating is a big victim mentality and it doesn't really step into the role of if I'm attracting the same person over and over isn't that my fault? Not theirs, you know? And what do I learn from a breakup? What do I learn from my relationships? Um, I got to a point in my life where I was dating the same person over and over and they were mean and, um, were very 
manipulative with their time. And it was like, um, you know, I would go out with somebody like, and they would not call for like a month. And I'm like, maybe they died, you know, like I never heard from them again. And then they would call and be like, I'm back. Let's hang out. So I stopped. I, I got to the point where I was like, I can't, this isn't them anymore. Like, and all my girlfriends would be like, Oh, poor you. You just attract the same person and you're such a good person. Why do you have the same guy all the time? You just attract bad guys. And then I finally had to take responsibility and look at the fact that I was doing that. That was me. So I started looking at, I didn't date anybody in my twenties for four years, which is in your twenties. That feels like insanity. Um, but I decided I'm not going to date anybody else until I can find somebody that really loves me. And in order to do that, I have to really love myself. And I ended up meeting my husband and we got married three weeks later and we're having our third child and I have a fantastic conscious marriage. And, um, yeah, I, I had not dated anybody in four years and, um, he showed up to fix my car and he never left. And I gave up a career I was in. I gave up, I moved States. I gave up everything and God told me this is it. So that's, that's the decision I made. But in the conscious dating, it's instead of, so when you're in a, if you're attracting the same person over and over, you look at why am I attracting the same person over and over? What are the common similarities between that? And what is my role in that? If there's something that is happening in a relationship on your part, because there's, we always blame the other person, but we, there's two people where there's equal responsibility. So it's looking at what your responsibility is in the dating and what triggers you have, like when they trigger you, um, a, a lot in dating, we get really rel- reliant on them validating us like what they think about me when they call me how many people are attracted to me that validates me so looking at where our insecurities or inferiority is to work on that so that we can actually not be triggered by that like if somebody doesn't call us when we want or doesn't do the things we want so it's just being conscious about even dating like i i'm in a what i consider a conscious marriage I mean my husband doesn't really call that he's not really into that kind of language but um that's kind of more popular but we don't people don't really think about that when it comes to dating and it's something that when a breakup happens there's all these sayings like get over somebody by getting under somebody you know and like there's no healing time there's no we tend to rebound and we don't really think about the the love and respect you have for that person, even if they weren't a good person to you. Like, what did that person teach me? What did I learn about myself? Being grateful for their presence being in our life because we attracted that person. So even if they weren't very nice, they at least were showing us how little we think about ourselves. So being grateful for even the not great experiences and taking time to heal, consciously heal and mend whatever happened before jumping into something else and then letting that come to us naturally instead of like 
forcing another date or forcing another partner, just letting spirit bring somebody to us and being conscious about it. Oh, so much truth here. I've said this on the show before, but it is so important to, and this sounds like a very like logical way to put it, but to collect data (laughs) about these things, like be able to look at your past relationships and wonder why these patterns are happening. And I've mentioned, I've mentioned this before, but that's the only way I was able to realize that I hadn't yet accepted my feminine side, like was because I was looking at the very feminine relationships I was getting into. I kept dating these men that were very sensitive and soft. And it was because I was attracted to that because I didn't have it. But that was also the main issue in our relationship is their sensitivity because I hadn't yet accepted that within myself. And I was attracting men who had that Mm -hmm. to balance me out. And if I hadn't realized that, oh my gosh, I would still be in the same exact, I would be a different person because I would be judging myself for my sensitivity and softness. I would be attracting that in partners. It wouldn't be working out well. And if I didn't take the time to say, why is this happening? None of the growth, none of the change, none of this trajectory that I'm on now wouldn't have happened. It's way easier to be like, oh, well, it just keeps happening. That's crazy. What's wrong with the world? Why are there so many (laughs) sensitive new age men out there? Why can't there be this kind of man or this kind of man? Well, seriously, this is why it's happening is because you're not looking at what's within yourself and what you haven't accepted within yourself or what you're trying to, what you want another person to patch up for you in your life. Like, what is that? What do you keep attracting and how is it related to your heart, to your energy? what you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad you said that. And as fascinated as I am about conscious dating, I'm really fascinated right now with you and three weeks. Like (laughs) I I just have to know more how after, okay, so we came to fix your car and then what, like I can't even put into words. They have so many questions. Like, how did you know? How did you know? How did he know at the same moment that it was like, not just like, okay, let's date. We really like each other. How did you know marriage? Like, okay, now we're so how did you know it wasn't like lust to like instant infatuation and it was like straight up love, marriage love? Well, I, I was actually, I was an actress and a model for 25 years and I lived in Los Angeles and my mom had just moved to Scottsdale, Arizona. And I was doing acting, but I had started doing readings and healing stuff and, um, practicing that. And so I was visiting my mother in Scottsdale and my husband's mom actually called me for a session. And I had, I was doing a reading and I was, I kept seeing her son and I was like, I'm sorry to interrupt. Like, I just keep seeing, do you have a son and what's going on with him? And he just kept coming up and Um, she, that's a whole other story, but she already knew she already had had a message. Like this is, I'm doing this reading to introduce these people, like my son and her. So she, um, she's telling me about her son and she's telling me that he's this like world famous mechanic in Scottsdale. And I'm, and I'm like, that's weird. Cause I happen to have car troubles and I'm supposed to be going back to Los Angeles in a week. And, um, you know, and I'm thinking like flaky, everybody in LA is flaky, like let's get together sometime and nobody does. So I'm like, yeah, just give him my number and he can call me and fix my, my car. And he ended up calling me that night. And, um, 
saying, I'm, I'm coming over right now to fix your car. And I was like, oh, that's actually happening. Okay. So as soon as he showed up, it just was this electric. I mean, it was just so intense and it felt like when we were talking, it just felt like, like I had known him in every life. Like I had known him my whole life. It was just this comfort and this ease and this intensity. And, um, he was just so beautiful in every way. And he ended up staying for a long time and we talked in the parking lot. And, um, when I went back into my mom's house, I heard a voice that said, you can go back and you can have everything that you've ever wanted or you can stay with him. I get emotional every time I say this. <laughs> Sorry. No, please. You can stay with him and you can have everything you never knew you wanted. So I never wanted to get married. I never wanted to have kids. I, I thought my whole life was just to make everybody else happy. <laughs> and he was this gift from God. He was just this beautiful gift from God that um, was for me, was to teach me how special I was and how wonderful I was and how deserving I was. And he is just, I will pull it together. <laughs> He is just the most amazing human being in the world. I mean, he is just the most amazing reflection of God I could ever, I never even imagined somebody like this could exist. I mean, he's so incredible. And we just keep being blessed with child after child and this whole life that I never knew that I wanted that has been fulfilling in so many many ways and that's why too I say like this li this life that I had before this self-destructive being in these really abusive relationships and in this career that was very superficial and and letting all of it go we left a week later and we went and picked up all my stuff in Los Angeles and I left and I after 25 years I was no longer an actor and a model and we got married and moved to Colorado and started a family. And it's been everything I never knew I wanted. My body is rippling with goosebumps after goosebumps. Like I, <laughs> I've told that so many times and I still cry every time. <laughs> it is, but that was so much emotion. Like I got teary eyed and I bet like everyone <laughs> listening at the, like listening to this podcast is going to be like, crying because that was so not only is that of course so beautiful so powerful but like there's that gives me hope that gives everyone hope like that is just such a like miracles happen you know and like that sounds well, like it was it so is meant a miracle, to be but it's not it's it's something that everyone it really took me having to pump the brakes and look at what a, a ridiculous punk I was being in my life and mm. And, and be more conscious about everything from, from dating to, I mean, I stopped dating, which you, you don't have to do. Nobody has to do that. That was just my decision. But 
just being more conscious about this isn't anybody hating me. This isn't a curse. This isn't anybody's fault. It doesn't matter what happened to me. It doesn't matter who said what or who did what. I am in complete control of my life with a creator that loves me so intensely and will give me everything I want. I just have to, you know, believe that I'm worth it and know that I'm worth it and feel that on a deep level. And that's how it starts being created in your life. Mm. Oh, I love it. Like your joy. I feel like I'm just soaking in your joy right now because I can just tell how happy and like blessed you feel. And it's inspiring. It's beautiful. Like that's probably my favorite part of this whole interview is just hearing like that in your voice. So <laughs> thank you for sharing that with us. It's just, so many goosebumps. Before we <laughs> before we go to the quick fire rounds, where I'll just ask you a few fun questions. Can you let everyone know a little bit more? We didn't get to talk about it too much, but it'll speak for itself when they take it. But can you let everyone know about your spiritual archetypes test and where they can get that? Yeah, the spiritual archetypes is a quiz I put together, which has accompanying guidebooks for each one there's eight and it's basically different um archetypes that we have in our spirituality so some people relate to one or two some people relate to a couple but there's mostly one that we really identify with and it's it's not just about like this is who you are as a spiritual person but it gets into the kinds of blocks and belief systems and things like that, that uh, may be hindering us as an archetype. And it also shares things like chakras and oils and stones that support it to help balance those things. So that's on my website, which is christiansinclair.com backslash quizzes. And um, yeah, it's, they're, they're pretty in depth. I mean, they're, they're eight pages each and um, yeah, I mean, they're really just jam packed with information and, I guess it's been the t the quiz has been taken like 300,000 times in the last 8 months or something. It's wow. It's nuts. It's it's been um and it's been a 100% positive feedback rating. Um I I get emails about it every day about the impact it has on people and um how helpful it is on their spiritual path and the feedback has been just been just incredible to hear how it's changing people's lives and how it's helping people. It's, it's awesome. Mine was spot on. I, mine was to a T. I got the mythologist and it's so, so funny because like I grew up being very immersed in fantasy and Lord of the Rings mm -hmm. and like Elvish people and like the Elvish <laughs> language, like all this stuff and what you wrote really hit home for me. And the mantra for the mythologist is now on my mirror because I loved it. It was just like so perfect. Um, I'm going to butcher it, but it was along the lines of <laughs> may you live your life like the royalty you're born into and bring that feeling of like heaven on earth, bring that mm -hmm. fantasy land that you love to live in here on earth. Now, obviously as much, mm -hmm. you could probably say it, but it was much better than that. But I, I, I just loved that. And um, everything else was the essential oils, the chakra stuff, all of that was on point for me. So I was very impressed and I've had my clients taking it. So thank you. 
yeah, it was obviously very well done and researched. It wasn't just like some questions where with one, you know, like in some quizzes, I have that suspect that there's one particular question, like which one of these patterns do you like the most? And like that, that particular one is what decides mm-hmm. what you get. Like I could tell it was like the accumulation of all the different questions that gave you your answer, which I loved. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of those, that was actually the first thing that I sat down and was like, all right, God, it's, this is all you like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm done trying to do it my way. I had that on my plate for like a year and was kind of dabbled with it. And then it was basically, I was told it was time and I sat down and it took a hundred hours. It, mm. it was, it's from my personal experience being in spirituality as long as I have my professional experience with clients and then when I write it's like I have an earpiece and I just kind of hear what I'm supposed to say so it's it was all that combined with the intuitive writing or channeling or whatever you want to call it and and the experience and um it's just been it was super fun to do. I just loved doing it and especially like I designed all the books and I love doing design. So that that was fantastic. I loved it, but um, it's just been, it, it's just, just such a giant proof that when you're not doing something for attention and you're just saying, okay, God, just do your will, it, it you get amazing results and it's nothing. I was just like, I hope people like it. I hope it helps somebody out there somewhere. And then to be getting emails every day, like this changed my life. And I thought it was just a quiz and then I got this really insightful book along with it and I'm amazed and you know so it's like hearing it actually benefit people and somebody emailed me about a relationship it healed with their parent who they had been fighting with for 40 years I mean it's been incredible to get the feedback and response that it has wow that is so beautiful and I can tell I can totally see it you made that with so much integrity. I loved it. Thank you. So I will have the links to those on the show notes for this episode. It's going to be episode 157. And before we round this out, I've got a few questions to ask you for the quick fire round. All right. All right. What are three words to describe you? Oh, I shouldn't have to think that hard. (laughs) It's tough. I think it's Um, a tough question. Yeah. Well, I will say being a mother and being a wife are two of the most incredible things. So I will say mother and wife. Um, And I don't really know what kind of word, but I'm, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to use a phrase, (laughs) Um, which is commit thy work to God and that is something that I live by love it if you could live anywhere in the world besides where you currently live where would it be oh I don't know I really like living here but I've always wanted to go to Savannah Georgia I think it's like a past life thing but I I love Anything that has to do with Savannah. Oh, that's cool. What did you... It's really random. <laughs> it is, but I like it. 
What did you eat for breakfast? Egg whites. Do you have I'm, any? I'm oh, pregnant, ahead. so it's, yeah. I, I'm pregnant, so it's very random things for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, and if, do, you, do you get an upset stomach with certain foods too? So you have to eat like particular ways? Yes, absolutely. Oh. Their babies know what they want even in the womb. They have their personality, so oh. you're at their will even in the womb. <laughs> what is your biggest quality turn on in a partner? Your partner. Um, just being him, being my husband. What is one must-read book? Lessons in Truth. Lessons in Truth. And last question, if you had a movie about your life, who would you cast to play the role of you? Um, I don't watch TV, so I don't know who exists in the world anymore. Um, I'm just going to say Meryl Streep because she's good at everything, so I'll just bring her on in. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Great answer. Christian, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This episode has been really deep, a really good conversation. I know it's going to be influencing a lot of people to think about spirituality in new ways so thank you for your beautiful insight your beautiful wisdom it was such a pleasure to have you on thank you so much i appreciate you again everyone this is episode 157 so if you want to go on over and take that spiritual archetypes test you can do that by going to maddiemooncom slash christian sinclair sinclair and while you're there if you haven't downloaded my free audio guide for you you can download that it's called the four pillars of femininity for the perfectionist woman and that is available for you for free and i hope you guys loved this episode i would love to hear your thoughts in the mind body musings podcast group on facebook and i'll see you guys soon